welcome to the Scamp Life Podcast. Yay! I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. Yay, Scamp Life. It, Yay. Just, it just rolls off the tongue. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, I had uh, somebody, you know, I have the Scamp Life Facebook group. And yes. somebody tried to join. They, they requested to join. And they said, and I said, I have a question. It's like, what camp are you associated with? If no camp, then what organization? And she wrote, I want to start camping in the scamp trailer. And so I want to get more information. And it's a scamp trailer. Well, there's a trailer, like a little travel trailer that's called Scamp. They're scamps. Uh, and so I'm have, like, oh, I'm going to start buy getting that these. <laughs> I, I thought maybe she like went to Red Lobster and really enjoyed the, the shrimp the, scampi the or something. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, it asks, okay, what camp, what summer camp are you associated with? I mean, anyways. Anyways, <laughs> we've got a special guest. Yay! Yay! We've got Kelly Cook here. And Kelly did a session for the original ScampCon. So that's how I know her. Oh, gee. I know, back in the day. Oh, gee. <laughs> so, Kelly, uh, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Tell us where you're at, what you're doing, who you are. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm the uh, camp director here at Pine Ridge Day Camp and Equestrian Center in Somerville, Alabama. I have been here for about two months now. I uh, started early September, uh, worked a COVID summer at another camp, <laughs> and then uh, that became kind of up in the air. So I pivoted in another direction, but I moved to Alabama in January from Idaho and I've pretty much worked in youth development for as long as I could remember going more focused with youth development uh, since 2010. But even in my teenage, young teenage years, I was a, a camp counselor at various Girl Scout day camps and and different things. So camp kind of runs through my blood and I don't know really anything else but camp. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the best. That's the best. I mean, why not? What should there be anything else? Than just camping. Yep. <laughs> Any pets? I have a dog and two cats. Uh, the cats don't really understand the camp life. Uh, but my dog <laughs> has been a, a camp dog from time to time, depending on where I'm working. Um, so she, she understands it. She loves kids and she actually was my teaching companion for a little bit when I did a small stint in humane education back in Idaho. So she oh, loved awesome. that. Nice. That nice. Cool. So you did the camp admin program at, uh, Turo in Nevada, right? Yes. I was part of the last cohort that Dave Malter had there. Um, it's now at Graz. Um, which I believe is based out of Pennsylvania. But yeah, so I did it when it was still in Nevada. It was entirely online. It was amazing. And I learned a lot. It was really nice. It was very practicum based. So working at a camp and, you know, going for your master's in camping was, it went really well and really hand in hand. What, what, like, what did it cover? Uh, so the first class covered ACA. Um, we went through oh. a lot of different, you know, standards and things like that. Uh, we did law of camp uh oh. we did marketing programming just about everything you can think of i've kept all of my stuff so i can go back and reference it as you know as i want to but yeah we've done a lot and then the last kind of project we did was we had to come up with uh some new programs for the camp we were working at for the summer and do a whole big powerpoint on them and we worked alongside a mentor and uh, had weekly check-ins and kind of did this big presentation online at the very end. 
programs. It's neat. It's, yeah. What do you think the most profound or the best thing you learned through it? What What did you get out of it? You know, I, I keep going back to the one assignment that I did. It was at the very beginning, but we had to do this thing with a playground that was revolved around ACA. And I can't remember the exact assignment, but we had to like go through and look at a playground and look at all the different aspects of it. And it was really cool because working in camp when I moved to Idaho in 2015, I never really got out and explored. <laughs> in the <laughs> five years I was in Idaho, I never got to explore that much because I was always working in camping. And so a lot of what you do is in the summer and well, I'm at camp, but getting out and seeing like just local parks and kind of going around and getting to do those sorts of things was actually a lot of fun. But I also got to know the other camp directors in the area. So a lot of times assignments would be uh, interview a camp director from another camp or interview a camp director who works at, with special needs or different things like that. So I really got to know a bunch of the camp directors just because I utilize the ones in my area as opposed to trying to, to network out to across the country. But it really helped me kind of learn everybody, get to know the different camps um, and connect with everybody in Idaho. That's cool. Nice, nice. All right, enough of that. Let's go to uh, <laughs> last summer when you worked at a camp during COVID. What, mm -hmm. how was that? What was that like? <laughs> so I worked uh, previously for a Y camp. It's what moved me down to Alabama. And it is primarily a resident camp that also ran a day camp. Normally had about 60 to 80 res campers and about 70 to 80 day campers per week for an eight week summer. And that didn't happen. We ran strictly day camp. Typically they provided busing from the Huntsville area to camp um, and we could not do the buses. So we had on average about 15 or 16 kids that got dropped off at camp each day and picked up health screenings, temperature checks. Um, we had masks more so for kids middle to end of summer than we did at the very beginning of summer. Staff were always in masks and uh, we had five staff, five seasonal staff. Uh, and that was it. And it was hard. It was very, very hard. Uh, the hardest was probably aquatic activities. So we had a pool and a waterfront. And just keeping those kids apart in water yeah. is a lot more difficult than on land or when you have chairs or when you have places you can <laughs> physically show markings. Um, we went through a lot of painter's tape for X's on like the ground, on the docks, <laughs> all these different places. So that we could doesn't really stick to water very well. That's the no, problem. not no, <laughs> no. I think I said six feet apart at least twenty times a day, just to you know have the kids separate. And so um, that was probably the hardest part. Since it was day camp and it wasn't resident camp, it was definitely easier in the fact that we weren't worrying about sleeping. And like I grew up in resident camp, my background's in resident camping. I know those bonds and those friendships that you make and how close you get, not just mentally and emotionally, but like there's a lot of physicality in residential camp, whether it's a mud fight or, you know, just being in the bunks, hanging out. And so day camp was definitely easier in that aspect and not having to worry about <laughs> are the kids going to be right next to each other or I can't see what's going on in, in the cabin. So, but it was hard. Were, were the kids very, like, very this stinks. We don't, we're not having fun. <clears throat> they enjoyed it. 
they they definitely enjoyed it. Um, some surveys from the kids who were there all summer long were like, all right, like I want to do this activity or I want to mm-hmm. do that activity. But for the most part, you know, kids had fun. And that was the, the biggest yeah. goal was to make sure the kids were enjoying it. Staff definitely struggled in a sense of like, having to keep the kids apart and we tried our best to keep groups separated so like the one counselor went around with eight ten kids you know from activity to activity mm. which worked but had we been able to hire more staff it would have been better probably to have two counselors for each group especially in those activities like archery or um, we did bb guns too so like to keep supervision on the kids and then also keep an eye on running the activity we just we didn't have the budget for that many staff so i think that would have made it easier on the staff had we been able to do that yeah i i've learned in this pandemic people were so worried about the children like oh they won't be able to wear their masks they won't be able but kids are pretty i mean you tell them put on their mat they they don't complain as much as adults do they they're like oh it's different but i'm gonna do it you know and they have fun and yeah kids are pretty good at that so so you talked about with the six feet and the painter's tape and all that. So obviously like events and games and activities, all that had to be different. So what are some changes you did to like switch up some activities to make them fit this COVID summer? I mean, a lot of the team building activities turned into more like the big circle games where you could sit or stand six feet apart and do an activity. Um, not so many of like the trust balls or the yeah. different things that, you know, you utilize others for. <laughs> All right. Trust um, No one catch. Everyone put your hands down. <laughs> Six feet. <laughs> yes. So in terms of that, there were a lot of, um, the kids loved mafia this yes. summer because you could sit six feet apart. And so there was a lot of that. Screaming toes is another one of my favorites that I brought to the staff where everybody looks at your feet. And then you all look up, and if you make eye contact with someone, you scream and you fall mm. out of the circle. Um, That's so funny. That Chris, Chris and I both we had that dog reaction, like, huh? yes, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that game. <laughs> I'm always loving new games, so I'm gonna try so that. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of like group games. So a lot of our activities went from being called team building to just like sports and games or mm. or different things like that on the schedule because. While we were able to do team building with our staff during staff training with the kids, it just became too much and it was too difficult with them. So to help the staff out, we just kind of switched that up. Um, And then a lot of cleaning of supplies Mm -hmm. in between. Yeah, so we had 10% bleach bottles at every activity area with trash bags Mm -hmm. and paper towels and you know, the archery being wiped down in between every kid or various things like that. We didn't do our challenge course this year um, and we don't have, we didn't have a rock wall. So those activities we didn't do, but uh, no, we did archery. They were in the pool, a lot of outdoor games where no equipment was needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's gotta be difficult. I mean, even with uh, checking in and checking out, there must've been, Hey state, you know, don't don't crowd kind of thing yeah we had uh, parents stay in the cars Uh, so we kind of did you know just drop off and and go um we checked kids temps in the car we went through our questionnaire when everybody was still in the car kids got out grabbed their stuff and they immediately went to wash their hands for joining their group um and we also put since we weren't using our 
dining hall at full capacity. We actually, more painter's tape, put <laughs> cubbies on the floor. So every kid had a labeled cubby to put their stuff. So that kind of was also another way that they weren't like leaving their stuff around camp. Yeah. With everything going on and us having to go through and be like, okay, who's this? Who's that? Mm-hmm. Helped a lot with Lost and Found. But it, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it gave them I may do that in a normal stuff. summer. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely helped a lot with, so they washed their hands, they put their stuff down, and that stuff, the dining hall was air conditioning. We're in Alabama. You know, lunches could, as long as they were in a, you know, insulated lunch box, it, they were fine. They took their water bottle with them, made sure they had sunscreen on, and they were good for the day or at least until lunch. So we and didn't serve lunch. The camp normally served lunch, so we had them bring lunches this year. Gotcha. And did you uh, adjust prices, or were they pretty much the same as the year before that you know of? We, uh, I believe they kept from the year before, but we, what we would have spent on food and, and things like that, we spent on PPE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you had a lot less too, right? What did you mm-hmm. say was the normal year was how many? Like About 150 total yeah. between resident camp and day camp. And down to 15, like. Down oh. to 15. That's crazy. That's crazy. And no virtual. You didn't do anything virtual. We, leading up to camp, um, I was doing some virtual stuff, but Free not stuff. during the yeah, it was yeah. all free. We just ran it through our Facebook page. My husband was very kind and did all my video editing for me, and so nice. I just recorded it all. Nice. Um, yes. So, but yeah, we didn't really do too much virtual. And so now you're at a new camp. You a mm-hmm. new position. You're the you're the big dog. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, so, how is that coming into a new camp uh, as as a director? How is that going, and what were your feelings? I was really excited. So I left the previous camp because I was the program director, and in my eyes, if it were up to me, I would have probably cut my position just out of necessity for the organization. That that choice, I didn't have to make that choice. I made the choice to leave instead of waiting for, for the gauntlet to come. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, Yeah, I was very fortunate. A position opened up in Alabama, in northern Alabama, so I really only had to move 20, 30 minutes away um, because I was living on at the time. And uh, it's been been different, but it's felt really good to still be doing camp stuff. We're still, it's too early to make decisions, but we are planning as if we're opening. Um, So registration... For pri- yeah, fingers crossed, Chris. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so registration for all of our returners, so those people who did register for 2020, who uh, either asked for a balance transfer or refund, regardless of what they asked for, because this camp did not run at all, the mm-hmm. one I'm at now. So we opened registration for them this past Wednesday. Um, so they will get two weeks of priority time. Uh, before we open it up to the general public. That is because in the event that we have to minimize numbers, we're going to give a cutoff date for registration. So if you were registered by this date, you are for sure able to come. Otherwise, we need to put you on a wait list or any other additional registration past that point. Great idea. I like that idea. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure our our kiddos from 2020 were able to get in if, if they want to. And we did encourage it in the email. We said, you know, we told them, if we have to limit numbers, it'll be by a certain date. So we tried to encourage, you know, that rush to get to get registrations in. 
So you you went from programming to executive. I did this too, and there's so many craziness. What do you think the hardest part that switching from program to to executive director? What okay, is that? Hold on, hold on. Let's let's. Oh, <laughs> all right, it's not executive director, correct? Oh, it's not officially executive. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, Am I saying it's that camp wrong? director? Just camp director. You still have yes. a uh, what? What is the uh, hierarchy the there? The official. Yeah. So the CEO is above me. He's my boss. Okay. And then it's myself. And then um, I'll have, we have a new equestrian director we just hired who will be starting here next month. Um, so we just hired her on. She's coming down from Michigan. Um, so she'll be kind of next. And then we'll bring on a seasonal program director. Um, so what's your title? Camp director. Camp director. Camp director. Every, okay. every camp does it. because Everyone does different. it different. Chris is the camp director, but his title is executive, which, uh, okay. Means absolutely <laughs> nothing. Well, no, it doesn't. And some camps use it yeah. interchangeably, too, where yep, you're like, yep. you're the camp director and you're the executive director. And it's just, okay, which one am I today? And you're the program <laughs> director. Like, you know, yep. camp director and program I director do. could be the same, especially in day camps situations. Yes. But it all depends. So, okay. Sorry, Chris. Let's try that question. All right. So switching from program over to director here, what, what do you think has been the hardest part of, of changing positions and, and places even? Um, Probably positions is now I have year round full-time staff, um, which is amazing, (laughs) but it also means that you're managing a team and people all year long instead of just in the season. Um, so having to put that kind of hat on, um, in the, even the off season where you're usually like, okay, I'm going to focus on registration. I'm going to focus on recruitment and I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on this. Oh, and then there was that, that personal issue amongst staff that now I have to switch <laughs> gears and, <laughs> and manage. And so that's mm-hmm. probably been the hardest, um, aside from just learning the new camp as you do anywhere you go, yeah. um, you know, their new traditions, how they do things, a new software system for registration, um, and those certain things. I also have a herd of 19 horses I have to learn <laughs> because, you know, when you work equestrian, you need to know your horses too. <laughs> do you have any experience with horses? I did. I worked, um, when I worked outdoor education in my seasonal days, I taught equestrian for a little bit. And then I also grew up riding too. So I, at least I have some experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to bring that in, which is helpful. Uh, but still learning a herd is everybody's got their quirks. It's like now, learning your staff. Chris is like, <laughs> I no, I don't do horses. I stay no, away from um, them. Stay away from those. How about goats? We have about 10 of those. I, I got two. I got two goats. <laughs> They're smaller. I think it's the size. It, it intimidates me. I don't know. <laughs> we have some miniature horses and a mini donkey. Oh, I want a mini donkey so bad. His name's Eeyore. Be... Oh, that's do awesome. You have, do you have an alpaca? That's my next. No, alpaca. but I want one. Yeah. So are I'm just in... happy with goats. I've wanted yeah, goats. Yeah, goats are awesome. Life, goats I'm, are awesome. I'm stoked. <laughs> So yeah, in this new cool. position, are you uh, do you do budgeting and do you have to worry about like the insurance and all that, or does your CEO take care of that stuff? My CEO is taking care of a lot of it. Um, we we run an October through September fiscal year, so they're still kind of working on the budget. But once it's kind of set in stone, then I'll kind of have a little bit more oversight on that. Right. Um, but having horses and having year round staff, my brain is still going, okay, budget. What can we afford? What can we not afford? 
um, especially with COVID right now is kind of like my, even if I don't know the actual numbers, like if I'm asked if I can spend money, I'm like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Even for like a $50 something or other, it's like I could spend $50 to recruit staff or to recruit kids instead of, do I have to spend that $50? So, um, you know, it's, I might not know the numbers, but it's still kind of, in the back yeah. of your head going, ooh. <laughs> Those horses are used year-round then? Yeah, so we're doing lessons right now. Gotcha, um, okay. Yeah, so it's the only thing we are currently operating. We're not, we host groups and, and things like that here during the off-season and on weekends during the summer. Uh, we're not currently doing those. Sure. And, so, and we also have some other things. So our parent company does – everything from birth to adult for those with disabilities. Um, And the camp was originally purchased to be used for those clients. So they have group homes and they have various programs for them um, within the Northern Alabama area. So that's why camp was originally purchased, but in order to sustain a camp, you need to run summer camp. As we know, it's a cash cow Uh for just about every camp out there. You know, your summer programming is is the heart of, of the budget. So in that aspect, we're still running programs, but like we don't run client camps. So we're not having those clients come out to experience camp because there are higher, some of them are higher risk, but we are doing individual private lessons for horseback riding, including semi-private if they're the same household. So like siblings can ride in a lesson together. We have one family that comes out on Saturdays and the whole family rides mom, dad, and their three kids all ride together. So yeah, so we're still doing that poor lessons. horse. That's a lot of people on that. <laughs> <laughs> They're on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. It's like a clown car, but on a horse. Right, I hope right. it's not the miniature horse, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Pine Ridge, like your summer, is open to anyone, or it's a special needs camp. It's open to everyone. Gotcha. You said the plan is to open in twenty twenty one. Yes. Uh, but you're still kind of, eh, I mean, why, what would, what would make you not open? It would probably be if we couldn't figure out like the buses, which that's going right. to be conversations with like the local school districts, as well as whatever the government tells us we can do, yeah. which I feel like unless Alabama were to totally shift their ideas from last summer, we should be able to open as a like day camps can open. Res camps were allowed to open last year too, but the camp I worked out just made the decision just to do to do day camp. Are, are um, things normally open in Alabama right now? Like are for the most part everything yeah. is. I don't really know. I mean, we have the mandated mask, you know, right. thing going mm-hmm. on, but otherwise we opened pretty quickly. So, have you started staff recruiting yet? Then, if are you looking for like summer, or are you even just kind of still working on this fall winter? We are looking for summer right now. We opened, so we'll start publicly advertising here in the next week or so for staff. But I did email all of our past two years staff saying, hey, here's the application. Feel free to apply. But I also included in there because I was new. So I introduced myself. Yeah, they're like, um, who this? To the, yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I did introduce myself, but and I was like, here's the application. It's open now. We'd love for you to, you know, reapply for this year. But we included internships. Um, I had a lot oh, nice. of luck at 
the camp I worked at in Idaho one year of my lead staff team, half of them were on an internship and it was wonderful because I got fantastic staff. Majority of all had a camp background. So whether they were doing outdoor education or whatever their, their major was, we kind of tailored their position, even if they were just in charge of, you know, our youngest kids village, if they needed to do mm-hmm. a certain activity or do some sort of program or thing that met their internship, I was happy to work with them to, to make sure they achieve that. So I included in their internships, uh, especially with everybody right now with COVID, with all the travel for internships potentially being canceled um, as a way to try and pull in a couple more staff, but also too for the alumni, if they wanted to come help out with staff training, just to keep them oh, yeah. involved, to be like, hey, you want to come help out with staff training? Let me know. And when we get closer to summer, I'm happy to kind of, even if they have to come in virtually or however, yeah. it, it's not me talking to them right. <laughs> yep. for an entire week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and I really enjoy having staff help with staff training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if they're alumni or they, you know, they can't come back to summer this year because they're working full time elsewhere. Can you spare an hour and teach a, a lesson on something that you learned at camp and now you're using out in whatever, you know, organization or company you work for now? So you come in, they have their schedule kind of already set, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that you've looked over and you're like, okay, you guys do it this way. Are there any, you know, even kind of looking around the grounds, any big changes or improvements that you're like, I want to, we did it at this <laughs> camp. I want to bring that here, that kind of thing. Or are you just, I'm going to just kind of go with the flow this summer and then later I'll think about it. So usually I'm a go with the flow type person. There are two things though this year that I'd really like to see. One, there is no Gaga pit here at this camp. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, we have a, yeah, I don't think you can call a yourself a camp. <laughs> I think that's required now. It's... So there's a nine square in the air, but no Gaga. So oh. if there's any uh, scout troops out there needing a project, I'm happy yeah. to have them build one for there us. There you go. Um, and then currently they're their CIT program, they do CIT one, which doesn't require an interview. It's, they just, they're still campers, but they come and help out. And then CIT two is an invite back and they're kind of like a stipend staff member. So we're going to change the names a little bit this year. We're going to do an LIT program for that first initial, which was CIT one. Um, so it's going to be LIT. So this way they can just sign up. Um, and then CIT will be the invite back. Uh, I had revamped CIT and LIT programs at a previous camp before, and I have been told that they need some help here in terms of their programming and their intentionality. Uh, so we're going to bring that in and really make those programs more intentional cool. uh, because they they need to be. I mean, le- and we're advertising leaders in training as more of a you'll learn skills for life, not necessarily mm-hmm. you're learning skills to become staff. Right. CIT will be more of that. Okay, now we're going to focus you more towards being our summer yep. staff. Nice. That's nice. Good. One of the best advice I got when I came on here was go through and just jot down, write on a note, put in your phone or something, all the things you're like, why do we do it this way? Or, or this is ugly. I want to change this. Because the first year you do, you're like, oh, we're not going to change this. Kind of go with the flow a little bit. Or we don't have money to change this. But after so many years, you start getting used to that. You you like, oh, we have this random cone that's here. Like, why is this here? You know? And, and so as you go on, you find out more. So yeah, so that, 
somebody gave me that advice and I still every now and then I'll pull that up on my phone like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. You know, let's change that. That's been here for seven years. We haven't changed it. And so it's. Yeah, I did that when I when I I did a walkthrough a few times when I first started here. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have jotted down many notes of either cleanliness or okay maintenance needs to remove that because that's broken or, or different things. Especially because they didn't run this summer, some of those things that you normally go through in terms of like maintenance cleanup days, and mm-hmm. they didn't happen because well everything was shut down. Then I have my September list, which here in Alabama becomes my August list because we don't actually run in August the way the school system works. Okay. Um, previous places it was my September list because camp ended in August, but here we end the last day of July this year, mm-hmm. so it becomes my August list, and it's everything I want to change for the following year or years out, um, but I can't do right now because we're in the middle of camp. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. it's usually a Word document on my desktop that as I think of things, yeah, it gets it gets put into that list. So then when I go to plan for the next year, it's like, oh, I wanted to buy that. Let's make sure it's in the budget or mm-hmm. let's tweak this or I need a form for that. And so that all happens. In the Good office. thing you saved that $50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how it goes. That's for sure. Like, I got five bucks. Where, where can I spend it? Yep. So. That's that's how it goes. Yeah. Any tips for new camp directors? Something maybe um, you've learned. Like, this has been great help for me. What what works? Learn your schedule and then take time for yourself. So, I've been a camp director in other various capacities. I've been a summer camp director. I ran an education department at an animal shelter. I was the program director at this last camp, but I always need to figure out how to take time for myself because I was the type of camp counselor and really young director who was like, cool, I'm going to work all the time. And that does not work. Um, Yes, you want to do very well and you want to make a good impression, but take time for yourself. But I'm also the type of person who likes to learn. So a lot of times the taking time to myself is like watching a webinar or reading a book that I can then take into staff training, but I'm still taking that time for myself and making sure that it's mine. That's what I want to do. Or I might go build something because my undergrad was in carpentry. So I like to put it in my tools from time to time. (laughs) That's fun. Nice. You can just build a Gaga ball pit. Right? I know. I would. Well, if if it comes down to that, I will. Um. That's funny. (laughs) So Chris and I, we are program guys. And so we want to know what is your favorite camp program? (laughs) So I played this game growing up at my home camp, which is Frost Valley in New York. Um, Grew up going there as a kid, worked there for years. So it's called Mortal Poodle. And yes. And so you can play it Mortal Noodle, but when you add the P, you add paint. Um, So it's messy. (laughs) So essentially you've got two teams on other side of a field and it doesn't have to be like a full football field. You know, it can be just 30 yards or so. Uh, And then each team has one person blindfolded with a pool noodle. And if you're adding paint, you put the paint in the, in the pool noodle and your team has to direct that person to the other person to try and hit them with the pool noodle and it becomes this awesome, messy, fun activity. Um, it's also great t- for team building, uh, oh, wow. but it's I've it's a lot of, of fun. It's it's a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I'm awesome. Totally playing that game. Right. That is awesome. I saw you writing it down. 
I did. It's already on the list. <laughs> well, and you can adjust the rules however you want. You know, if you want to make it so that one person can't speak or one person can't yeah. see and one person, yeah, you can adjust. Get rid of the paint. Want. Start putting like forks and sharp weapons on the end of the noodle. No. <laughs> oh, Chris. We're really going to go mortal. We're making it really mortal here. <laughs> they're they're wearing just like helmets and face yes. masks. and. Well, then you could do like a whole trash bag armor like <laughs> there you activity go. prior and everybody can build their own armor as like a trash bag or newspaper fashion show it. type deal. Like you could put a pin at the end and everybody, they like they wear balloons and you just yeah. stab oh. at them. <laughs> Jousting. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I think that if we put our heads together, we would come up with some incredible games. We have our own reality show on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Who loses an eye tonight? Find <laughs> <Right>. out. <laughs> I love oh, it. Goodness. How to awesome. raise your workers comp? Check. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to save more than fifty dollars. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There it's gone. <laughs> uh, anything else, Chris? Anything else you've got? I, I I don't know, and I mean I got tons of great notes. So I'm excited. Good good stuff. Thank you, uh, Kelly, for being on here. How how can people reach out to you if they want? Yeah. Um. So my email is Kelly K E L I E one L dot cook at pineridgedaycamp dot org. Uh, it's probably the easiest way. And I am an open book. I'll talk program all day long. I grew right. up doing program. So program is a lot of fun and as well as everything else camp. So nice, nice. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. It was fun talking to you. Uh, it wasn't too bad, right? We had, we had, fun. oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Good, good. <laughs> it's a good way to start Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kelly, that was awesome. Thank you again so much for, for being on here. You talked about recruiting staff next week. We are talking about staff recruitment, too. So that'll be a great listen, get some great ideas, and, and hopefully you get all your staff for this summer, too, as you're, you're prepping and getting ready. So awesome. Well, from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.